0: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. This week's story starts with an engineer moving cross country only to find himself all alone. Reasons to be uncovered in this episode. While there, he stumbled upon a passion he never anticipated. Despite his solitude, he found a sense of belonging within this vibrant community, connecting him to a world he'd been oblivious to before. A testament to how passion can illuminate even the most unfamiliar paths. Perhaps this means that he really did not peak in high school. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the Armchair Gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time we step up the DeLorean. That date is August 21st, 2017. We're somewhere in middle America. Just pick a state, randomly, depending on your preference. But why are we here? Well, this is the first time since 1979 that a total solar eclipse is visible in the contiguous United States. And it touches two states that this week's guest holds dearly, where he grew up, over in Missouri, and then the western portion of the new state that he would find himself lonely in, North Carolina. Now maybe this is just nerd talk talking about a total solar eclipse, but that's what this week's episode is going to be all about. Because we have someone that is an engineer by trade, finding about fantasy football basically just yesterday, perhaps in the middle of this total solar eclipse back in 2017. But he has found his way to blot out the sun. And we're not talking about a million arrows raining fire from the sky. No, we're talking about it in a different landscape to dominate fantasy football. But before we get into this week's guest, I just realized that I did not create a fantasy football history moment for you tw- for 2017. So I'm going to click over to Pro Football Reference, look at 2017 NFL Fantasy Football Rankings PPR. Looks like we have Todd Gurley at number one for 383 points. Then Russell Wilson, then Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara. Actually, I wonder if that was his rookie year because I remember taking him and having a very good DraftKings week with Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, and Todd Gurley all in my lineup. Then we have Antonio Brown at number five. Talk about two Highly condensed, well, one highly condensed offensive unit with Le'Veon Bell at number three and Antonio Brown at number five. Both of them out of the league for different reasons. We'll get into that a little bit in this episode, I guess, but let's talk about this week's guest, Alex Korff. He's going to be riding Shotgun in the DeLorean with us. Alex is the founder of in High School, a website dedicated to fantasy football trade charts. Maybe a trade of Todd Gurley away before he blew up his knee or Le'Veon Bell before he messed up his whole career. And then Antonio Brown and who knows what he's doing nowadays. A product manager Alex was over. <laughs> but back to today. Alex Korf is also hired on as a product manager with many hats over at Sharks, A longtime giant in the fantasy football world. We're gonna dive into the waters a little bit, you know, make sure that we don't get the sharks or the blood in the water, I guess that is. But first, I gotta remind you that if you do like the show, please share it with at least one friend. I mean, come on, it's the only fantasy football podcast that you're okay with sharing because it's not about rankings, it's about fantasy football origin stories. Where we go back and we learn about how people came to be into this industry. To do that, you can, I guess, tell them about it, or you can even send them to Fantasy Football Origin Stories. Dot com. Again, that's FantasyFootballOriginStories.com. But now let's get into the interview with Mr. Peaked in High School himself, Alex Corf. We get into football, and man, I start talking fantasy and football, and oh, geez, it's going to go from there. So speaking of that, let's get into the interview. Um, really, the first thing I'd like to ask you, or really any guest, is like, what is your... I hate to lead this question because I already kind of know, but like, what's your first memory of fantasy football? When did you get into it?
1: So uh, no one's no one's asked me that one before. So my the first time I ever became aware of it really existing, uh, I was in college and I was sitting. Uh, we we had we had a, a style of rooms where we had two rooms in like a common area, right? Super super normal. Uh, and one of the guys was sitting in the room watching the league. And I was like, oh, hey, what, what's this? And while he was watching the league, he was drafting his fantasy football team. And I remember his first draft pick was Michael Vick. And he was super excited about it. I don't, I don't remember what year it was. I have no idea. If, I mean, I don't know if it was the year like he'd just gotten back or what, but, uh, he, he explained to me that, oh yeah, quarterbacks are super important. You got to draft them early. Uh, <laughs> it was a first round pick. It wasn't super flex, but that, that was my first memory. And I was like, oh, this seems interesting. I should check it out. And I, I didn't get into actually playing fantasy football until, Probably three or four years later, where those same group of college buddies were like, "Hey, everyone calls me Corf. That's my last name, Korf, Let's join the league." You moved a thousand miles away, but we want to stay in touch. So that's when I finally joined the league. But it was it was his name was Neil. We called him Big Neil. He was like four hundred pounds. Oh wow! Uh, and his yeah, his first he's he's lost a bunch of weight since college. It's been great. Uh, but first first experience with, with was a guy drafted a first round quarterback.
0: Yeah, and so if it was, depending on how long ago that is, I'm not trying to date you, but yeah, I bet that was when Mike Vick came back out after all of getting in trouble yeah. and he played with Philadelphia for that first year or two or whatever it was. I think, th- I mean, I would say it's,
1: it was probably, it had to be like 20, hey, man, 2011, 2012, I, I'm not sure. I would, I bet I bet could look it up, but eh,
0: it's not Not, not it. really uh, super significant. I mean, there was a period where Mike Vick was like, no doubt, the dominant and like you said, it was back then. A lot of people drafting quarterbacks, and then you had the whole you know take a quarterback late, and now it's kind of shifting back around. You better get the top three or four quarterbacks or whatever it yeah. is. And what about that first year when you actually had your own like your own team? And I'm taking it because you were so far away. Was it a live? I'm sorry, a online draft or did you like come back home for the in person draft?
1: No, so uh, it was Yahoo, which I was on Yahoo for a long time, but it was it was online. Everyone else, uh, lived locally. They all lived in St. Louis and then it was just me over there. And, uh, I really wasn't super into football at the time. Like I, I, I just, just competitive. So, uh, my wife had just, my, at the time, girlfriend, we both moved to North Carolina. Uh, she had accepted a job in Atlanta and we were doing long distance for a year. Uh, and I just didn't really have a lot of friends in North Carolina yet and just didn't really have a lot going on. So I, uh, aggressively threw myself into fantasy football. Like I'm talking, Probably eight to 10 hours of podcasts a day of it, just cause I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I mean, the footballers, CBS, Harris, I mean, all, all of them, cause I was like, okay, what's a tight end? Like I, I, I had to get up to speed. Uh, <clears throat> and then it was just hooked. Like I was, it was just a normal half point PPR, 10 team, one flex, two, you know, two wide receivers. I mean, absolutely nothing interesting, but my, I just remember like the, the sitting on the clock in my in my apartment by myself, just kind of shaking, maybe a little drunk. Just like, okay, the, the running backs went off the board. Bell went off. Uh, David Johnson went off. And then my first pick was Antonio Brown in 2017. And uh, then, I mean, it was just like, okay, this is it. And there's, I just remember going through it and just like shaking the whole time, being so nervous. <laughs>
0: That's interesting that you have such a short window as in – when I mean by like not that long ago, when you first started your drafting, compared to like some of the other guests that I would have talked to on here, like <clears throat> the guy that <laughs> the episode that's going to release before you, he you know he he started in nineteen ninety four or whatever it was, faxing in his <laughs> he had to fax in the um yeah. the rosters and everything like that. Where you got a Le'Veon Bell twenty seventeen and Antonio Brown. I'd have to wreck my brain. Was that back when Antonio Brown was like the number one receiver for like three or four years in a row? Yes,
1: and he I think he was that year. He definitely. I got him in the first, and then uh, it was Brandon Cooks in the second, the year he was on the Patriots. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, he was on the Patriots, and then it was Todd Gurley in the third, and that's how that team won, (laughs) because it was was the year Todd Gurley was the running back one.
0: Oh, Uh, so that was, yeah, the year when he was like, not not when he was a rookie, it was that first year with McVay.
1: Yep. Oh, man. That team, oh, my God, it destroyed. It was, was, and Ertz, it was the year Ertz was a top two or three, Uh, I mean, that team was just, it was good. So then I was hooked. You know, when you just come out and just dominate your first year, you're like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Uh, It's not always that easy, right?
0: Well, yeah, not always that easy. But I got to imagine if it would have went the other way and you lost every week, who knows if we would be talking today. If you really would have got into it, you're like, okay, my year's done. I'm coming in and I'm going to try something else.
1: Yeah, I I mean... if I wouldn't have at least had fun doing it, I, I mean, we, we probably wouldn't be here right now. So it's thank you, Antonio Brown, for my and Todd Gurley for my career, I guess.
0: <laughs> now that's insane because not too long after that, both of them were pretty much out of the league, or at least I mean, Gurley was there for a little bit, Antonio Brown too, but then he decides just to be a, a nut job and throw his shirt off into the crowd and stuff. But uh, yeah, what about? Did you ever get into? Because I mean, it's interesting because you only really have had a short span. Is it all just redraft, or have you tried the dynasty or any other formats?
1: No, I'm I'm am uh, I'm probably more into dynasty now than I, I do dr- redraft. Uh, so my first year, 2017, I uh that's when I first started making content. Uh, basically, six weeks into the season, uh, I was like, I was looking at the the. I'm very active on Reddit. so that's that's where it all started where people would post the trade value charts from the the main couple of them, uh, and they would complain about like the biases top and the bottom. So what I did is i just I just built a spreadsheet that averaged them and then calibrated them based on uh, like going through actual trades, like shifting them around a little bit to make them even. And then I was like, okay, I made these to help me trade because I'm a noob, and then I would just post them, and people just went nuts. <laughs> so I did that for redraft. and then, Less than a year, maybe a year later, someone's like, hey, you got to try Dynasty. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. So, I did. And then I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> Dynasty is – and now I'm in like 11 Dynasty Leagues. And if my wife asks, three.
0: Yeah, or two. We'll see which one it is. But um, you kind of like cheated because I was supposed to ask this. This is the DeLorean. <laughs> uh, that's the, ah. You just kind of already hopped in the DeLorean and went back to your initial like aha moment when I'm going to get into it. I definitely – Different compared to the other guests because of how fast you got into it. Based off of, I mean, even for someone that wasn't into football, to that fast get into fantasy football and then transition into creating some content. I mean, what? Okay, yeah. When did you start actually writing, as opposed to just posting those draft charts or trade charts? So, i i
1: <laughs> I, I still don't really consider myself that much of a writer. I I made the charts and then posted them and people would look at it and like like what is it? And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I need to write some sentences to explain what the heck it is, right? So that I I mean, I'm more of <laughs> I would write things to explain the science or the math that I was trying to do. Like more as a necessary evil. Like I am at the end of the day, I really don't like writing. I like doing the math behind it. I like building models. I like looking at data in a different way uh and then I would just write to justify that or so people will pay me and I <laughs> can keep doing the math. So uh, it really was like, like hey, here's the chart. Here's how I use the chart. Because not everyone, I, I mean, I'm an engineer. Uh, if you can't tell, the way I think is a little bit different. I think all engineers maybe think a little bit screwy. Uh, so here's like my thought process of, of why I built the chart, how I built the chart. And here's how you can use it for your leagues. Here's how you can adjust it. Uh, so that's really all I started writing. And I, I just did that on Reddit uh, for like two or three years. And then... People are like, hey, you should set up a Patreon so we could just give you money to do this because we enjoy it. Uh, or like, uh, used to be buy me a beer or, uh, people would just, they, they, they would ask for my Venmo or my PayPal just to like, like, hey, we, you helped me get a trade to win the league. Can I just send you $20? And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> of course. So, I mean, I just did. So I, I really was one of, it's it ends up I was pretty early adopter of patreon in the fantasy football space. I think I set it up in twenty eighteen uh and now i i mean I've had some subscribers since then i mean it's it's awesome
0: okay before we get too far if the uh, listener of the show as they start to like you and they want to know more about it and participate in patreon, how do they find it yeah it's it's
1: it's just peaked in high school, but you gotta spell school wrong so uh the reason it's that name, which is you said you were gonna ask is uh that was my Reddit username. I, uh, it's, but someone had already spelled school correctly. So it's school with a K peaked in high school. Uh, which is just kind of a, was a, a nod because I did not peak in high school. <laughs> I did find, like I did find in high school. Uh, I just had a guidance counselor my freshman year, like when all, you know, your eight- the eighth graders are showing up and they're, uh, she pulls them all into a circle and, and she kind of sat us all down and was like, Hey, you got to enjoy these next four years. They're going to be the best time of your life. Uh, and that's the day that I realized that she probably peaked in high school. And then that I just remembered that. Like, I don't, it was one of those defining memories that you just kind of remember. For, like, there's no reason for me to remember that. But, like, I'm here some amount of years out of high school, uh, and I still remember that. So, it was just a name I thought was funny. So, it just stuck. It just kind of stuck.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a moniker, too, that you can always – people remember you by and everything. Um, if. Someone wants to use say they they sign up they 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 subscribe whatever whatever it would be called the membership and okay, now I have access to these charts like how would you recommend a noob to come in and try to navigate through the charts?
1: yeah, so that I do have a lot of resources designed on how you can read a chart. I have some videos as well because I mean it's it's a chart it's it's a tool it's however you can use it so really what we're gonna do is you're gonna look for hoping that it lines up with your league. We try and make it pretty generic. We focus on like 12 team leagues. Uh, That's kind of the staple, you know, two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex for redraft. And then for dynasty PPR, uh, and then super flex is also a little more common, but really you're going to look to hope that it's pretty similar. And then just see how your team's doing. Like, let's say you have a lot of running backs. You'll look for wide receivers near your running backs that you're trying to trade away or tight ends or any of that. So, it's really good at looking for one-for-one positional trades. If you're trying to trade just a running back for a wide receiver or or tight end uh, for a quarterback, let's say, and you can kind of just trace over. It's, it's it's pretty point and shoot. When you start looking at two-for-one trades, where you're maybe you're trying to send two assets, uh, that's where you have to start applying some some more correction factors. Uh, whenever you're doing a two-for-one, you usually have to overpay, right? Uh, if you're trying to buy a, a top-tier guy, you're going to have to spend a lot. So that's kind of just like the generic to, to, to kind of get started, but mostly just kind of take a look. Uh, there's a Discord if you have questions, uh, you can jump in there. Uh, all the all the patrons have access uh, to some private channels that I just have turned on notifications, and I'll usually just answer your questions. And we like to chat. I mean, it's a whole group of guys. They're actually and girls. They're really friendly. There's 1,200 people in there for some reason, and they all love to talk.
0: Man, that's pretty impressive to have that come on. again a short period of time, and then to go from being an engineer to now working with draft sharks. So like how did ta- navigate those waters? How'd that even happen?
1: Yeah, that, that one was interesting. So it's so just, po- I was just going along, posted on Reddit anonymously, right? Still just under the, the uh, peaked in high school name. Uh, <clears throat> I met some guys from uh, front yard fantasy. Have you the John Luke and Simon and uh, those guys, if you haven't talked,
0: I have yeah, it on yeah, here. No, correct.
1: no. Uh, well, they, I mean, JL is a guy that you, you have to hear his story. He's, I mean, he's, he's the, maybe one of the best guys in the industry. Oh my God. He's so nice. Uh, he reached out. We just started talking, uh, kind of built a friendship. I was on one of his early podcasts, the game show ones, right? That they do uh, absolutely destroyed them in poll perception. Uh, but what he did is he, he actually, he introduced me to uh, Nando over at the athletic. They were looking for a person to do trade uh, a trade article and they had seen my charts on Reddit. Uh, and they asked me to write articles for them. And I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) So I started doing that. Uh, the first one published on like, like mid season, like on the sixth, uh, in 2021. Uh, and right before they published it, they're like, Hey, is it okay if we publish your name? And I was like, I guess because they'd already done it, so the you know the athletic doxed me. It's fine. So that's but that's how I started. So that's how I actually started writing. Uh, from there, uh, they, they Draft Sharks actually ran across some of my work uh, and they they slid, they slid into my DMs. They were looking for uh, they were looking for a product manager. And at first, I thought they were punking me. I was like, ah, there's no way this is real because I I was actually working as a division manager at a uh, a Dutch company in North America all of the sales for North America. That that was what I was responsible for. So like I I had a big boy job. Like <laughs> like I was I was doing okay. And I was like, ah, there's no way I can switch to fantasy football full time. And they're like, no, 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 you you really can. Uh and then they just they they convinced me. It took it took them like two months. I kept saying no and they're like, no, no, no trust me Alex. Like this is this is right. You, like we are the perfect fit. Uh and it just was. They they absolutely just I mean they they do they have some of the best tools in the industry. And I've just been able to help take them to the next level with how m- some of the <laughs> the data, the data modeling we're doing is just it's insane. So it's been a blast. Like I, but it it took, I mean, they, they reached out in, I think October when I was at a conference and I just kept telling them no. And eventually I started in February of this year. So like, it was a, it was a process of like back and forth. Until,
0: yeah. So, I mean, you, you said product manager, management, whatever, what, did, what would be your roles? I you said behind the scenes and data, like what, without maybe giving, breaking the bank? Like, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I, I do a lot of SEO work for them, uh, but they they have a guy who's a savant at it. <laughs> um, I do a little bit of writing, not really. It's more of just to justify the things I'm doing. Uh, I built the rookie model that we have. I do a lot of work with the Dynasty 10-year projection tool. So we actually will project out each player 10 years. Uh, so I do a lot of work with like, the historical aging factors and things like that. Uh, just kind of a lot of a lot of behind the scenes type stuff and then every now and then I'll uh, help help the writers like if they're looking for something or they're trying to do a more numerical study then maybe because I mean they're great writers but they're not I mean not everyone's super good at math whereas I can see the math and I'm not very good at the writing so you make a good team you
0: know that's, that's always good to have compliments in whatever business or organization you're in I mean without giving any of the secret sauce away how do you even develop like a model for determining like you said 10 years out on a rookie like what are the factors that go into something like that
1: so rookies are particularly hard once you have a year or two of data it gets obviously it gets a lot smarter so right now we're pulling data all the way from 1999 we're making we're fitting curves to it based on how a player plays the position where they're drafted what position they are to just kind of estimate how they're doing and then from there we're projecting it on the team level, each player. So for one year, uh, let's say Dalton Kincaid, we're projecting him for, I don't know, 700 yards and six touchdowns, something reasonable. And then from there, we're just trying to extrapolate out up to 10 years. Obviously that 10 year weight, that 10th year has very, very little weight in what their value is. Because how, how sure can you be? But what we really want to look at is that one year, the two year and the three year, those are the those are the ones that have the most weight and the ones that we're reasonably good at, at predict, predicting. Because you can... You can get a pretty good evaluation of talent. You can get a pretty good evaluation of opportunity in the short term. Uh, and then depending on how a player plays, are they an undersized running back that was drafted in the third round? Well, then you know that what their career arc is likely going to be. Uh, and it's just a little bit more robust than just guessing, I guess, is how we look at it. So we use that as the backbone of all of our decisions as is, is kind of a, a more advanced projection-based system.
0: So back to 99, is that a specific reason because of a turn of, or is it just a fact of having, okay, we had a starting point?
1: It's re- There's pretty, we have really good data back to 1999 for most things. Uh, sometimes s- like some of the tight end information I use only goes back to 2011 for some of the metrics just because they didn't track it for tight ends. Weirdly. I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, Fantasy football probably more... has
0: something to do with it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, there's more weight in everything according to recent data. So let's say there's a trend that's been happening the last three years that would kind of counteract something that was happening seven years ago. Well, the NFL is shifting that way. So it's, it's kind of a machine learning of the most recent is the most actionable. So it has the most weight. and So it's, it's getting smarter every year as well, uh, just as everyone's getting a little bit smarter.
0: Well, I mean, that's the thing that I thought about too is because – the nfl has shifted <clears throat> just even from the quarterback position so much in the past 3 to 4 years as opposed to like even back in the 1999 there was still a running le- i mean they're passing for yeah. sure but it was still more heavily running and you had more rb ones and that kind of thing and when you say learning machine or machine learning is this like some I, i'm not a, i'm not a science guy or a technology is this like ai somehow helping the thing the model learn itself or you know or God, what's a what's a better way to teach itself based on results
1: yeah so there's we are, we aren't using AI yet I guess maybe they'll they'll fire me and use it in some sort of AI bot we'll see uh, <laughs> don't tell them that they can do that yeah no uh, but it, it is it, it is uh it's 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 a series of algorithms for all things that can get smarter the bigger the data set so you can fit different coefficients and you can kind of tighten it down and figure out which things are sticky which things aren't. Uh and then even how that changes year to year over year. So we also have one that predicts and I don't really like the word predict in this case, but uh estimates injury risk. Uh that's the the SIP the sports injury predictor. So based on data from not just the NFL but NCAA as well, uh and play I mean, I, I don't I don't remember how far back this one goes, but it based on, you know, SnapShare, all of these things. And how a player has done based on just them versus other players even at that position, what's the likelihood of Lamar Jackson to get hurt again or, or whatever. And uh, that's one of the things that we're really kind of known for is that sport, sports injury predictor and that algorithm.
0: So if someone were to want to use something like this, um, not just like looking forward into maybe the next however many years, it's like, like a week to week or is it not to that granular level?
1: The goal is to try and run it more the problem is because the data set's so big mm. the way it was designed uh, it just takes too long to run because it, it I mean it's I mean it, it's 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 massive so right now we have it running on a local server so so right now we, we'll we'll run it a couple times in the season but my goal is to have it running daily so like let's say, uh I'm trying to think of a player. I was there Frank Gore. I'm like, no, he's not he's not important anymore. Josh Allen tweaks his ankle in practice. Well, what's the likelihood that he's going to do it again the rest of the season? That's that's what we're working for. I think we'll get it this year. Uh we we just ha- we hired a new specific Python developer who's who's doing a great job uh helping update and remove some of the redundancy so it can run the non-dependent variables more often. So the things that change just looking at what changed that way you can run it more continuously versus otherwise it just takes too much. It's, it's just too much load on our servers.
0: I see. So like it'll say, okay, these things that haven't changed, it won't, it'll automatically account for those, but then the things that have changed, let's just run it for these things and then spit it in or plug it in. I mean, I'm using that technical terms there, but yeah, then to give you the end (laughs) result.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's say, uh, Derrick Henry goes down, and he's he's uh, he's out for the year. He will, I hope he doesn't. That's not what I'm saying. But then uh, Tajay Spears takes over. All of a sudden, his workload changes. So he goes from projected. I don't know. He's maybe projected for what 100 touches this year, maybe. Uh, all of a sudden, it's 200, 220. So what's his likelihood of being injured? That changes dramatically because it, it's a function of how often you're touching the ball and how you touch the ball. For sure.
0: So that'd be interesting to even say. Like uh I don't know if it gets to this level. A Debo style of wide receiver versus, say, a I don't know, uh, Tyler Lockett, who he catches the ball and falls down, but Debo <laughs> yeah. is going to bowl into everybody. Does it somehow factor that in there?
1: It, it does. So, so not just by looking at how they touch the ball, which it does. So it would just count account for Debo being a running back in the way he plays. Right. Uh, so that that's part of it. But then it also has player specific coefficients, so it keeps track of all of the injuries that they've had. And what they were doing when it happened. So it kind of, it just learns. So, like, it's, it's, the rookies are the toughest because we actually have to go in and, like, manually add NCAA data because it's not published anywhere near, like, like, you, NFL is required to, to disclose it. College teams are not. So, like, it, it's, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a to do. Like, it's not fun. Uh, we have all the guys, we, we, we have four guys, Herms and, uh, Matt and, uh, Jared and Kevin all split up the teams, split up the rookies and, uh, they each do some of them and just dig into their college film, uh not film, but like their reports and things and actually manually enter it to make it smarter. So the the more time they spend on it, the smarter it is. But once once you have a year or two in the NFL, like it's pretty good. Like it it hit really well on uh Lamar last year, like predicting how how much he was going to miss. Uh I there was a couple others that it it was just like we saw the data when it first before it published and then it then it was just right and we're like oh cool like <laughs> you love it it's i mean nothing's going to be right 100% at the end of the day it's making educated not guesses but you know educated decisions or, or outcomes uh nothing's ever going to be 100% right because it's still millions of independent variables out on the field every single every single game like-
0: yeah i mean so even take one more variable into effect if you have this daily algorithm running or whatever it is the process going through upcoming week the weather changes now i have these snow games or cold games or high wind or something like like do you anticipate that somehow being a factor
1: so i'm not sure that we've ever had a source of information good enough to correlate weather with injuries and that and that's the limitation of that so like you would need to be able to have enough data to generate coefficients or, or relationships, uh, and I don't know that ex- that exists for a couple of reasons. Because you would need really localized weather data, like really exactly to the stadium. So if you do it just to like the zip code or whatever, it, it might not even be right. Uh, so that's maybe a little too complex, and might not might not even be sticky. Mm-hmm. It, <clears throat> there, there's. I, I think I just saw it had 79 different variables going in. that that we can feed it that that that, and then it searches for which ones are important right which ones have the most weight based on it'll identify different events that happen uh and not all of them matter and that's what some of it's like it's interesting which ones don't uh but sometimes uh, so we're never afraid to add more because if they matter they'll 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 matter
0: oh it'll pop if they don't they don't okay
1: yeah yeah like just apply a weight of effectively zero or whatever if it just doesn't matter. And that's okay. That Like that's the that's the whole benefit of machine learning. Like if if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But getting good data in is the only way to get good data out. So you have to be able to find that.
0: I mean, it's the whole garbage in, garbage out type of thing. And I just, because yeah. I was curious, like if I say, say I, I live up in Michigan, I'm in a cold weather state, but my team, the Lions, travels down to Florida where it's high humidity. So now what's their risk of and then their next game is going to be back in another warm state. And then, they, I don't know, I'm just curious. But uh, do you think that maybe you are potentially in five years contributing to Skynet learning how to destruct humans? <laughs> is that what's happening here?
1: I've already given in to our Skynet overlords. <laughs> uh, if they're listening, I, I will, I'll serve you. It's okay. Like, just just lean into it, man. We, we lost.
0: That's probably the wise move, yeah. Because <laughs> if anything, you can yeah. serve in, in, in that kind of thing and hopefully survive. But um. I mean, you, you really are digging in the weeds, and I could ask you so many questions. We could continue on with that. I guess the question now would be, with what you can share, use this Delorean again. So I say twenty <laughs> years, but that's probably too far out. I just yeah. like to, in the next say five to year five years, because you've only been there for so long. Like, what could potentially you see coming on board of the horizon? Now that you're able to create some of these models, like beyond just the injuries. Oh
1: man, there's. I come up with new ones every, not every day, but pretty, pretty regularly. And I'll write them down. Uh, I have like a triage board or whatever. And then my, my boss is like, no, Alex, you got to, got to finish whatever you're working on before you do it. I'm working on some cool ones. Like I I'm looking at an O-line model. Uh, I think offensive line play is way more important than most fantasy people understand. Uh, <clears throat> and being able to predict, Especially, we, we don't really care about the people that are n- the the line that's going to be eleven to twenty five. Like we don't care about the middle, but we want to know the outliers. And what's even more important is we want to know the outliers that are different. So being able to potentially uh, guess at offensive lines that might just like like the uh, the Buccaneers last year versus the year before they just die was that predictable yeah maybe they're at an aging o-line and they didn't have depth maybe uh, there's a model probably that could have caught that or uh the browns all of a sudden two or three years ago were just really good and not everyone really saw that coming maybe we could have so offensive lines one that i really that I'm, i'm working on i've been kicking around for a while uh i mean we can just get so much more in depth with learning about just prospecting rookies in the first place i mean that's that's there's a lot. I mean, rookies are hard, uh, and even the NFL. I, I mean, I don't know how much they're doing with building models and things. I, I mean that. I, I think. I think there's just so much potential on what we could do uh, to just make it smarter to make better decisions, and then you know use those to crush our league mates. Is really at the end of the day, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, that's the ultimate goal, right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean the the technology and the way that you, I'm just trying to think of. Other things beyond this, because like I said, I could get you off into so many different directions. And now it's one of those things where I kind of want to drive it home with. Let's go back to your trades. So, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, find your work, what's the best way that they could get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, you can you can find me on uh, on Reddit. Peaked in high school, spelled with a K. Uh, I'm on there entirely too often. I also pretty active on. I'm very active on Twitter, uh, and that's peaked and HS underscore FF because someone had already stolen my username or it was too long. I don't remember. Uh, and I, I, mean, I just love to talk football. So any of that, you can go to my website, peaked Uh or you can find even more of my work on draftsharks.com. sharks.com. Uh, they, they really related. Uh, mo- pretty much anything that I'm doing new is over at, at draft sharks, but the trade value charts continue over at peaked high school. So those are going to keep going.
0: So maybe this is the way that I'll, I'll finish this. You gave me a question. So for the listener of the show, as we leave here with some, we'll call, I always used to call it gridiron Iron Knowledge Nuggets on my other podcast, but this is more like fantasy gold nuggets or something. But I'm a listener that like, I'm almost floored and I had to pause and I stopped a lawnmower to try to listen to you on half speed to try to catch up with your brain. And I'm interested, but I'm really hesitant to dive into all these different things. What do you recommend to me as a listener to get into some of these tools that you were talking about?
1: Yeah. the So I wrote some great articles about it uh, on The Athletic and on 4 for 4. Definitely check those out. I think most of them are free. Uh, they're, they're not necessarily super topical anymore because they were about last season, but like the methodology and things are really meaningful that you could still understand. You would, you would get a good idea. And then if you have any questions, just please reach out. I love to talk about it. I mean, I, I could talk about trading in Dynasty or in Redraft anytime, all the time. Uh, the the I have a subreddit on Reddit that has a lot of information as well. You can check out my website. I have kind of blogs and posts about it as well as some some uh I did some studies looking at actual pulling trades that happened applying the trade values that I had and then looking at how many of them were fair. And just some just some cool historical data that like hey I make some pretty graphs. I love graphs. I'm a, I'm an engineer. Give me a graph or a chart. Uh why say it in words when you can do it with a picture, right? Like that's or a chart or a I mean I need more pie charts. I'm not doing those enough. Uh I'm working on them but one day. Uh, that that's really I mean I, I I try to be as accessible as possible like it, hopefully you can just find something that I'm working on uh and then get hooked and then and then hopefully find some more.
0: So this will be your drop the mic moment but we got to also give some love to Draft Sharks. So tell the listener of the show I I'm totally interested. I bought in you you these cool tools that are on the horizon blah blah blah. I want, how do I sign up for DraftKings? A, a DraftKings. How do I sign up, <laughs> sign up for DraftSharks account? And then, what can DraftSharks do for me in this upcoming season? When it seems like I'm always ugh, just barely making the playoffs, of so what's your record? You know, what what can you do for me?
1: So I would say, don't don't sign up for DraftSharks. Go to our website, read all of our great articles on our prospects and our tools and everything. Because I don't need to tell you to sign up; you'll want to sign up after you do that. You'll read some of the, I mean, Jared and Kevin and Herms are some of the best writers and best. I mean, these, these guys are doing it full time. All they do is watch film and break these guys down. Uh, you'll, you'll just be hooked. And then from there, once we got you, you'll be able to sync your actual, whatever platform you're on, you'll be able to sync your league with our thing, with our tool called the draft war room. And it works with. Every platform that I know, like MFL, Fantrax, Flea Flickr, RT Sports, Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, all the easy ones, Sleeper, uh, but like ones I had never heard of, you can sync your league with it. Uh, it interacts with all of them. It'll import your team, your league settings, and then from there, it'll actually calculate uh, what we call the DMVP, so the dynamic MVP. So what each player is worth in that format versus the baseline. So from there you can you can get individualized cheat sheets effectively for each of your leagues, uh what your players are worth, who's on their waiver wire. Uh it's just really cool. Uh live draft sync, all of that. It's just built in, and you can only get that as a Draft Sharks Insider. Most of the content's free because we think it's so good that once you read it, you're going to want to become a Draft Sharks Insider.
0: There you go. Just give Draft Sharks a chance. Cause once you're there, you're gonna be hooked. Was that a pun? of hooking him on the fish. I didn't even do that on purpose. I just... Speaking of getting hooked, though, pretty neat how Alex was able to take something that sparked just a little bit of interest in his soul, dive straight in, and now he's working full-time in something that he never even knew about less than a decade ago. I mean, even more recently than that. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you let Alex know about it. You can hit him up on the socials and make sure you let him know that you enjoyed this episode of the Fantasy Football Origin Stories. Now, next week, We're going to go back into, I guess we'll hit the DeLorean, we'll hit that baby back further than we did this time, because we're going to talk about how someone has been in the industry for a very long time. And although you might not know his name, you know the products that he's been behind. Here's a couple of them. EA Sports Madden. Yeah, I think we all know that one. DraftKings. Oh yeah, that's something that's pretty popular too. And more recently, a new venture called SimWin Sports. Next week's guest is Tom Getty. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Origin Stories. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please make sure to mash that little subscribe or follow button on your podcast player of choice, then head over to the website for the show notes and more Fantasy Football Origin Stories. That's at FantasyFootballOriginStories.com. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.